0: They're preaching a false gospel. That's why James Martin is a false prophet about about which our Lord warns in the gospel, Mm -hmm. a wolf in sheep's clothing. And that's why we're discussing this, because it needs to be um, firmly denounced and opposed.
1: Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with my good friend, Matt Gaspers, who I'm going to see you at the Coalition for Canceled Priests conference, correct?
0: I wish I could say yes. Unfortunately, I'm not able to attend. But I, I, if I would, I, I, if I could rather, I would. It, it looks okay. like it's going to be an outstanding lineup. And your talk in particular and, and my, uh, my boss, Brian McCall's talk is going to be excellent. So
1: That's right. Brian's going to be there. That was my mistake. I knew yep. Catholic Family News was going to be there, but I wasn't sure. But um, Go to KennedyReport.com and visit the TKR store to see our new products, Kennedy's Choice Beard Oil. You can use this on your beard to help with alleviating itchiness, dryness, and irritation of skin. And don't worry, no animals were used in testing this product except for myself. Use Kennedy's Choice Beard Balm for a softer, healthier, manageable beard that is made with natural ingredients. And trust me, I know a thing or two about beards. Visit KennedyReport.com and check out the TKR store. The links for this are in the description. The only talk that's going to be terrible, we have to admit, is going to be Anthony Abates. And, um, you know, <laughs> Father Lovell, you know, I'm not telling Forget you. Forget about
0: it. <laughs> I'm not telling
1: you, you got to go to confession, but there's certain things that are unforgivable, Father. No, and, and just, despite his personality, Anthony's talk is going to be good. And it's got a great lineup. There's a thousand wonderful speakers There. John Henry Weston, Jesse Romero, uh, Liz Yore, um, Father Altman, Brian McCall, which I'm really excited about his. Uh, I think Dr. Kosnieff is going to be there. My talk will be half decent, I hope. And there's lots more. So, okay. So we're here, Mr. Gaspers, to talk about this silly film that uh, did technically come out last year. But it has been circulating uh, with the sort of festivities of the season. And it is called specifically
0: w- by an outfit run by Father James Martin, who tweeted out they're going to be screening it later this month. I think somewhere in New York City, something like that.
1: Yes. And this film is called Wonderfully Made. So I thought before we start talking about this uh, amazing piece of art, um, yeah. we could uh, watch a little bit of the trailer here. And I was saying before we aired, I'm not sure how copyright works. I'm going to play some of it. I'm not sure how it all works. Um,
0: I'm sure your viewers will appreciate being spared the whole thing anyway.
1: (laughs) That is true. And uh, be patient with me, people. I I, uh, cut my finger. Goodness gracious, I think I have to take this Band-Aid off. I cut my finger on um, grating some cheese. I was making cacio e pepe, which is a classic Italian pasta dish. And so I have Mm -hmm. this Band-Aid on, so I can't use my mouse very well. So anyway, first world problems. And um, (laughs) okay, so here's a bit of the trailer. And I just want to make sure that we have all the audio coming through here. Uh, Yep. And um, okay, well, you'll get the feel from this bit. It is a father and a mother creating a family. That's what was ordained by nature, and nature's God. Historically, in the Catholic Church, LGBT people have been largely invisible. No sexual activity is sinful. And when they are talked about, they're talked about in terms of sinfulness. You don't want the gay liberation movement to morph into something like the Ku Klux
0: Klan. This is the weaponization of ministry to make us believe that we are not the people God made us to be.
1: If we can't imagine ourselves in the image of God, that does irreparable spiritual harm to us. Okay, so I just want to, uh, I'll just fast forward a little bit here uh, just to see some of the images uh, so you, there's George Floyd, the Jesus, uh, which apparently has to do with pride. Um, there is uh, the rainbow flag on the cross, the sacred rainbow heart. Um, and you'll see females
0: portraying our Lord with yep, rainbow I'm find that. paint on their faces.
1: Yep, there's one of those, at least. As I said, I'm not sure. There's a there's a rainbow tear on the crucified Christ. There's a the rainbow female Christ. Um, anyway, people get the gist and of course the Jesuits are behind it. God say the Jesuits, you know, um, must be terrible for father McTagg, who is an excellent priest and an excellent theologian and a wonderful radio host to be associated with all this. There are some good ones left, but sadly, um, and then I think, well, there's a little bit, uh, yeah, there you go. A little bit more and more. And it's all about. We're accepted, and of course the uh, transvestites thing for the mass, whatever. Anyway, the and ba- there's I think, James I think Martin. the
0: basic message of the trailer and presumably the whole film is that um, homosexuality is a good thing. It's or, it's made by God. That's they hijack that scripture verse from the Psalms: "One, we are fearfully and wonderfully made." And essentially, the Catholic Church is evil for not affirming the goodness of this unnatural, disgusting vice. Basically.
1: Well, basically, and here's what the actual um, website says about it, and uh, bios of selected interviewees, so they have Father James Martin, editor-at-large of American Magazines, and here's a quote of his, and he says, when you look at the Gospels, you see that Jesus reached out specifically to people who are on the margins, and so I think of Jesus, if Jesus were here today in the flesh on earth, he would be going first to LGBT people, and and there's another lady, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Father Martin's silly quote there in a sec. Sister Janine uh, Gramic, who is the co-founder of New Ways Ministry, which, if I'm not mistaken, is condemned, isn't it, Matt? That ministry? Yes,
0: she she and the priest who started it have been formally censured by the Vatican. That statement is still available on the Vatican website.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, and she said, we are all children of God and we need to understand that message so that no one will be on the outside, so there won't be any fences. That we will all be welcome. Now, here's the thing with this message. Uh, This is like when uh, you know they want to have you condemn hate. You know, they're like, "Do you condemn hate to a politician?" It's like no one condones being mean to people. This is a (laughs) stupid thing. You know, it's like uh, Jesus would reach out to LGBT people. Well, Jesus would reach out to anybody who was a sinner. He would reach out to anybody. But that doesn't mean that Christ would want someone to persist in a lifestyle. I think I right. could probably elaborate yeah. on that as much as I could.
0: Well, and we certainly know, we don't even have to speculate. We know for certain how he would deal with, with the, this group of people. He would say, you know, he would say to those who want to stone them, put them to death or whatever, do you, you know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. But he also would say to the, the person in the, the situation of sin, you know, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more, not I affirm you in your sin. We know that he would not say that. So yeah. they are, they're preaching a false gospel. That's why James Martin is a false prophet about, about which our Lord warns in the gospel, mm-hmm. a wolf in sheep's clothing. And that's why we're discussing this, because it needs to be um, firmly denounced and opposed
1: It's also, uh, it's terrible theology. Like not just as it, uh, you know, I kind of joke, like, you know, wouldn't it be nice to live in an age where we had intelligent heresies? We don't even have good heresies anymore. You know, Arianism, you sink your teeth into it and you go that, that Arianism, there was some smart people behind that. You know, um, you don't take it with kid gloves, but this is like, it's not even, it's anti-natural law. So this idea that, um, You know, if you watch the trailer more, it goes through this idea that this is how we're made. Listen, we're all made fall, We're all made and we're fallen. Right. Um, So all of us have proclivities towards sinful behaviors. But those sinful behaviors don't become the thing that we identify ourselves with. And And
0: one one line I just want to mention that I just recalled from the trailer. uh, Father Martin, I think it's toward the end, says something to the effect of. To persecute LGBTQ persons is to persecute Christ. And obviously, we don't want to be unnecessarily rude or, or hateful or whatever, that kind of thing. But we can't he, – what he wants that to mean is that you can't speak against their vice or else you're hating them and persecuting them. That's what he means.
1: Yeah. Like you might as well say – I mean, Christ says that, you know, let the little little ones come to me. My children are wonderful, but they're sinful little buggers sometimes. Like, (laughs) goodness gracious, a five or six-year-old, I mean, uh, this morning, what were they fighting about? They took an old uh, sand you know, beach umbrella and used it as a holster for the sword, which was an old piece of a flagpole, and broke the beach umbrella thing. It's like they've just broken our beach umbrella because they wanted to play swords, and it's like, well... (laughs) You know, they're above the age of reason. They did do something wrong. So, I mean, I had to tell them not to. Am I persecuting them? No. Am I going against Christ saying, let the little ones come to me? No. Someone could make the argument, well, that's how they were made. Well, of course that's how they were made, which is why we have grace to make us better because we're not good how we're, I mean, we are good in so far as God creates us in his image, but because of original sin, we do have a fallen nature. So are we good how we're made? On the one hand, yes. Yes. But we're bent, we're broken, so we have to be perfect. This applies to everybody for every proclivity.
0: Yes, absolutely right.
1: Okay, but how do we get here? Well, there was a man named John Venari who you knew. I never knew him personally. You obviously knew him very well. Um, I did work with the Fatima Center for a while, but after his passing. And you did send me this wonderful um, clip of his, and I'm going to play this here. Um, And this is... um, This is John Venari talking about basically how did we get to this point where the Lavender Mafia could be uh, at such a place of prominence in the church.
0: It was actually one of the last conferences that he was able to do before his illness really overtook him. This was in July of 2016 at a Fatima Center conference. I was there as well as a speaker. Um, So, yeah, John's talk was excellent. It was called the – fatima and the forces of the antichrist but he subtitled it the social kingship of lgbt
1: <laughs> you know he did look gaunt in this uh you can yeah. tell that he but uh, he was
0: already getting sick he hadn't yet been diagnosed with the cancer but he was having the the stomach issues at the time
1: you know men like him uh michael davies he suffered a cancer late in his life too and there's just something or not that late but in his 60s you know there's something about right. um these really, really incredible men who fight for Catholic tradition. It's almost like God sends them some sort of cross to bear for uh, for the church. So God be praised for giving us John Venari. But um, in any case, I'm gonna play this uh, clip from him here and I'll just make sure it's on the screen. There we go.
2: And so-called same-sex marriage is now not only accepted, but vehemently defended by so many individuals. Now there are many contributing factors not the least of which is the strategies of the homosexual activists themselves. And our focus here will be on the effective tactics employed by the homosexual movement, clearly spelled out in a 1987 landmark article called The Overhauling of Straight America. It was written by homosexual activists Marshall K. Kirk and Erastus Pill. Uh, Pill was the pen name of a man named Hunter Madsen. Both of these men were highly trained. Kirk was Harvard-educated research in uh, neuropsychology, and Madsen had a doctorate in politics from Harvard and was an expert on public persuasion tactics and social marketing. And it is said that this article, The Overhauling of Straight America, has become the Bible of the homosexual movement. What it does is it it presents the strategies, first, to make homosexual more acceptable by Americans, and secondly, this is very important for us, to demonize opponents of homosexuals. The entire campaign, of course, is not based on intellectual arguments, but on the emotional manipulation of the public. Uh, Kirk and Madsen later expanded these principles into a 398-page book called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 1990s. This was published in 1989. But for now, I'm just going to focus on this 1987 article. And in order to convey the true spirit of the piece, I'm going to rely as much as possible on direct quotation. So no one can say that I'm these are my words. This, I'm going to say exactly what they said. Now,
1: Okay, so there is John Venari breaking down that there has been a concerted movement to sort of normalize, uh, you know, behavior that's against the natural law and teachings of the church. Could you elaborate on us? He, this is just a short clip, but sure. could you elaborate sort of what he got to in that talk?
0: Absolutely. It just If folks are interested in watching the full talk, it is available on the Fatima Center's YouTube channel. If you search for Fatima and the forces of Antichrist, it'll come up. But basically what John goes through is, as he said, this 1987 article, which is called The Overhauling of Straight America, which is available online. If you search for that, Google that, uh, you'll find it. So the article begins by saying the first order of business is desensitization of the American public concerning gays and gay rights. To desensitize the public is to help it view homosexuality with indifference instead of with keen emotion. The article goes on ideally we would have straights register differences in sexual preference the way they uh, register different tastes for ice cream or sports games she likes strawberry and i like vanilla he follows baseball and i follow football no big deal uh and it goes on at least in the beginning we are seeking public desensitization and nothing more We do not need and cannot expect a full appreciation or understanding of homosexuality from the average american but i think we have gotten to that point now after the last 30 to 40 years of this campaign and this article essentially the authors lay out a six-point plan i'll just read the the headings we don't have time to go into all the details but as i said if you search for the article the overhauling of straight america you'll find it online so uh, point number one, they say, talk about gays and gayness as loudly and as often as possible. Number two, portray gays as victims, not as aggressive challengers. And I think, I mean, they, they're they still portrayed as a victim class, but I think they are getting more, getting less um, embarrassed about portraying their more aggressive side, as we've seen, you know, with this recent incident with the L.A. Dodgers, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, all of that garbage. Uh, Number three, give protectors a just cause. So in other words, the straight, as they would say, people, the vast majority of, of humanity, you need to make them think that they're protecting this persecuted minority. Number four, make gays look good. Number five, make the victimizers look bad. That's what John was talking about, demonize the opposition, which is also straight out of the... Communist uh, Manifesto, Saul uh, Rules for Radicals. And then number six, finally, solicit funds. The buck stops here. And they have been very effective over the last few decades at fundraising, like the Human Rights Campaign, for example, because they don't have families to take care of. I mean, they have lots of uh, disposable income. So that's kind of, kind of John's talk in a nutshell.
1: Okay, this is really fascinating. I wrote those down because I've never actually seen them put sequentially like that. So let's actually think about this for a second. And I was thinking we can actually reverse engineer this because I almost see something like, I don't know if you saw this, um, but the Catholic bishops, this is good. I mean, you know, uh, when the Catholic bishops of the United States do something good, God be praised. You know, we, we I'm just going to turn that off. We, um, we would like them to do that more often. Uh, but they actually did do something good, and um, they came out with a statement against the L.A. Dodgers event. Did you see this yet?
0: I don't I don't know if I have or not. The only statement I've seen so far was from the kind of like a leaked memo from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles saying, you know, we're not supporting the public reparation. We want to keep a lower profile and dialogue yes, I saw and that. blah, blah, blah.
1: This is um, – I'll actually show you here. And this just came out um, – uh, I'll actually I'll put it on the screen because this is actually this is really great and again when the bishops do something good we want to praise them for this mm-hmm. and um, here so this is I'll make this bigger uh, I just this was like just five minutes before you came on and oh, so wow. so uh, our friend um, a Catholic life he um, he he showed from Catholic vote the USCCB promotes active reparations for Dodgers Dogger, actions which is great oh, okay. And um, this is a quote from it. Um, and they wrote this year on June 16th, the day of the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a professional baseball team has shockingly chosen to honor a group whose lewdness and vulgarity in mocking our Lord, His Mother, and consecrated women cannot be overstated. This is not just offensive and painful to Christians everywhere; it is blasphemy. So these are, I mean, considering the lukewarmness That's of our strong bishops,
0: language for USCCB. Yeah.
1: Yes, they they use the B word, you know, and um,
0: <laughs> it's almost so, as bad. I mean, that's almost going as far as them using the H word. I don't think I've ever heard them use that. So.
1: <laughs> Hell or heresy or both. <laughs> Her,
0: well, yeah, both, I guess.
1: <laughs> and um, they actually added. Um, the bishop thanked cat in the statements. You can link to the statement. If you go to Catholic vote, the actual link to their USCCB things in there. Uh, the bishops also thanked Catholics for standing up for their faith and speaking out against the Dodgers, which I think is at least a little bit of a hat tip to the event um, with uh, Bishop Strickland and the other, you know, uh, Catholic influencers, let's say apologists and things like that, which is good because the LA diocese said they don't support it. Well, here they are, you know, who's speaking out, who's standing up to it? Well, obviously, this group is, which is really good. And they said, we call on Catholics to pray the Litany of the Sacred Heart on June 16th. Wonderful. I mean, that's the Catholic thing to do. Offering this prayer is an act of reparation for the blasphemies against our Lord, which we see in our culture today. Honestly, congratulations, bishops. Slow clap. This is a wonderful thing. And um. But anyway, so we saw this, and um, I was thinking that um, we're starting to see, even though things are bad, on the one hand, I think we're almost starting to see this plan that this, you know, I wrote down these these six points. We're almost starting to see a fulcrum switch because also, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Charlie Kirk uh, put it out on Blast on Twitter that Starbucks is actually reversing their pride decoration policy. Starbucks, and, you know, I used to work at Starbucks. It's funny. I used to work at Starbucks. Um, I'm 35, so I was grade 11, 12, and a couple of years in university, whatever it was. And um, so I worked there from, I think it was like 20, 2004 to was 2004 2005 yeah 2004 to um you know 2009 or something like that somewhere around there mm-hmm. and it's funny when i started there it was nothing like the starbucks it became it was just kind of like a cafe thing it wasn't right. really woke it was really nothing it was just coffee it was whatever and then it became the stereotypical right. thing and um starbucks went real woke And now they're saying they're going to take down their decorations in the middle of Pride Month. That is bananas. And the reason is, I think this is happening. Point number six on this list, solicit the funds. It's all about the money, ultimately, or at least hugely about the money. And we saw what's happened with Target, Bud Light, and so forth. I mean, we're talking about companies losing a lot of money and starbucks is probably reading the tea leaves and saying we don't need this what do you think
0: i think another point to consider is that i think they've they've overplayed their hand in the last maybe 10 years or so people are just getting fed up with it being shoved down their throats and in their faces all the time it, they've hmm. taken it too far i think back in the 90s the early 2000s when you know like show i think John even mentions this in his talk, like the show Will and Grace, kind of a soft push of homosexuality like that was a lot more palatable. Now that they're showing their true and full colors, people are finally, God willing, starting to wake up and say, no, we're not going to go along with this and we're, we've had enough. So hopefully we've gotten to that point.
1: Maybe we could use it there, you saw, I just showed on the screen there, the tweet from Charlie Kirk. Maybe we could use an analogy it's kind of like with the COVID stuff, you know, COVID was like, uh, you know, what was the, um, the, I used to think CrossFit was kind of like cult. Sorry to the CrossFitters out there. Um, <laughs> and many of them who are in it, who are reasonable people would probably tell you that that's a, that's a good assessment in some ways.
0: That's like a, it's an exercise plan or something. It or is diet.
1: It's okay. like, but it's like joining a, a way of life. It's uh, it's, it's oh, got a little okay. bit of the, the club thing into it. But, um, okay. but in any case, the guy who started it, he ended up getting canceled. A um, Greg Glassman, I think was his name was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, he started it in like 2000 or something. I don't know, for like 20 years. In 2020 or 2021, he got canceled because he was on a staff meeting, and um, I, apparently he was pretty based. I didn't know that about him, and mm-hmm. he was saying how sick he was of Floyd 19, and. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just it. That that was it. so with we saw with the covid thing, which we can now talk about on 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 YouTube because it's no longer dangerous apparently. Right. Um
0: but because it, Fauci it was, said so and Biden said so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but it's almost like um that two and a half craziness years of craziness was like the last 50 years of the cultural revolution, not just sexual but just mm-hmm. the, in a nutshell, it was like the it was everything. It was like You know, basically people lulled to sleep, changing their lives, um, uh, changing their beliefs, changing their beliefs again, waking up and saying enough is enough. Like it was everything happened so quickly. And I think with the COVID thing, one of the things that got a lot of people to stand up, of course, it was a trucker convoy. But the reason why the trucker convoy happened was because they just pushed too far. They said, Those truckers who've been going across the border for two years can't do that in two weeks for no reason. Like it was, they can't keep doing what they're doing today. And people just lost it. Um, I think
0: they got the, the powers that be got drunk on their power and decided to take it too far. And people finally said, no, enough is enough. We're not going along with this.
1: Yes. And this brings me, and I think, I think. Because you can't talk about this too explicitly on YouTube. They've gone from COVID to something else. You can't yeah. do the transgender surgery thing too harshly. So we'll, we'll we'll mince our words a little bit just for the sake of not getting taken down here. Um, but this idea that you could perform these surgeries and do especially on children, this has woken a lot of people up. Um, you know, a lot of people are willing to have the sort of live and let live. But when they start seeing funny books coming home from school that their kids are learning and talking about this or that and going, okay, that's a little crazy that was kind of like the booster. It was kind of like the vaccine passport. It's like, I was okay with the masks. I was okay with being safe, but this is crazy. You know, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, and unfortunately, I think it's very deeply embedded in the American psyche in particular, but also in, you know, the post-enlightenment Western world in general, that what consenting adults do in private is none of my concern, you know. So when it's just involving, you know, adult homosexuals doing whatever they enjoy doing privately I don't really care that that's none of my business but when they start going after your own children then people start to care but what they have to understand it's it's all on the same spectrum this all this transgenderism is part of it it flows out of the homosexual the sodomy movement people have to understand that
1: by the time there I tweeted this other day you know if you're just standing up to your school board now, then you're 20 years too late.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> because, you know, like there was the school board I used to work for, which is Catholic, but it's really just communist with some crosses on the doors. Mm. Most of them are resurrects affixes, which just shows you how de- devout that um, – anyway. But um, there was a meeting uh, at the school board, like kind of, you know, like those meetings you've been seeing for the CRT stuff. You know, like the parents show up and they start – you know, speaking and protesting and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of going on here with the rainbow flag thing and the school boards and the Catholic school boards, a couple of school boards back down. Thankfully, uh, the York Catholic school board, which is a Toronto area was, it was pretty good to see. But anyway, Mm. but mine, my old one did not, they're going to fly the flag and all this kind of stuff. But you know, parents were speaking at this meeting and that's great. And these are faithful Catholic parents. And, you know, I was trying to say to them, like they've already taught your kids this stuff for 20 years. This is the flag. They're, they're flying, they're advertising. This is like, well, they're going to fly a flag that says we support arsenic. And it's like, but they've been feeding little bits of arsenic to your to your children since they were in kindergarten. They just graduated high school. You had to be, you had to be there 18 years ago.
0: And what people also need to understand is that the rainbow flag, this entire movement, like they want to resurrect the, the ancient Greek model of pederasty. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And they're and they're open about it. That's the thing. Like if people would take the time to read, as John did, uh, I think he bring he may have brought this up in his talk. I don't recall. But the same men, homosexual men who authored the article that he quotes from, as he said, they turned their article into a book length treatment of the subject. And they advocate for pederasty in that book. Yes, they do. For them, post pubescent is fair game. That's, you know, no big deal to them. And yeah. that's always been part of this. That's what people have to understand. It's not something new that just cropped up. So there's an account, for example, on um, Twitter that says "Gays against groomers." I mean, God bless them for trying to oppose it, but you're you're fighting on. It's just a, an you're, missing, you're missing the war. mark there.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, okay, let's move to the next thing because the next one after funds, which definitely the movement against this Rainbow Coalition thing is going after the funds, and that's first and foremost. Then the demonization. So it was, like I was telling this to some friends. Um, You know, last year Elon Musk, he tweeted out that picture uh, and it was, you know, um, brace yourself for June or something like that. And it showed someone like like shielding themselves from all of the companies with all the rainbow flags. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And um, he's been an unlikely ally in this anti-woke thing, which has been fascinating. Um, It's
0: very fascinating, yes.
1: It is. And uh, so, but in that, last year, again, it was like Rainbow threw up on everything. (laughs) It was everywhere. It was absolutely everywhere. And I'm seeing a lot less of it this year. But my point is, is, um, if you spoke out against that two, three, four years ago, you were demonized. But now, you can, now, I mean... You are seeing prominent pop culture individuals speak. You're seeing people in their personal lives. You're seeing businesses stand up to this thing. The odd one gets knocked down, Sure, you know, like the Toronto Blue Jays knocked down that pitcher. Toronto's a very woke city, and that's and but but then many baseball players did and did not get knocked down. And um, you couldn't do that a couple years ago. even just two years ago, you wouldn't be caught dead being accepted in the public light doing that but now people almost have the courage they're they're almost sick of being demonized and they're almost willing to go on the offensive and demonize and we don't we're not advocating as catholics for calumny detraction and so forth but th- th- this understanding of demonization meaning like with, with the, the the demonization from the from the leftist is Lie, cheat, steal, call the other guy names that he's not. Whereas, if a we reverse character that, character
0: assassination, basically,
1: it's character assassination. Whereas, in our perspective, we're just saying, just literally tell the truth about what you believe, which in turn makes the enemy look bad. We're seeing more of that, and I think it's kind of encouraging.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can say for myself. I remember a couple of years ago, I got censored on Twitter. This is before Elon Musk was in charge of it, for having the audacity to simply state the fact that um rachel levine an official in biden's health and human services um, department is a biological male that's simply the fact the fact of the matter um now he was born richard levine he graduated medical school richard levine after he was after having been married and fathering children he decided to become rachel (laughs) and i got censored for that but that kind of stuff since elon musk took over i think that's kind of a thing of the past as far as i know yeah maybe yeah. not maybe not completely but it's certainly much better than it was before he took the reins
1: it's much better and you know i can just tell you i mean just going out and about i've seen way less of this stuff um it's mostly individual shops choosing to do it now whereas a couple of years ago it was like every you know Downtown business council said so we're going to put flags on every flagpole or something like that, but I'm actually seeing a lot less of it. Um, okay. And here's the next one in that list. Make, basically, make the pro LGBT folks look good. Well, now, again, the opposite's kind of happening. Um, we're seeing the parents who are standing up to this in their school boards. We're seeing, well, I know, like, listen, Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate is a very controversial figure. I'm not advocating for everything. He does, but I look at this guy. If people don't know who he is. He's this former kickboxer. He made his money in a very shady way in the beginning, um, uh, but he's become this sort of uh, young man influencer, and he's massive. I mean, objectively speaking, he is. The, he was the most googled man in the world for a while. I mean, he's got millions and millions and millions and millions of views. You know. So yesterday there was a video interview, and I don't consume much of Andrew Tate's stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I look at him sort of like a Trump or an Elon Musk or something where I can disagree with 50% of the things that he says and vehemently so. But people are listening to this guy. He seems to be the enemy of my enemy. Does that make him my friend? I'm going to see what he has to say. I'm just, you know, just objectively. So I listened to his interview with uh, the PBD podcast, Patrick Bet David, which is a decent show. It's kind of like Joe Rogan without all the filth and stuff, but interesting guests. Same kind of thing. You can listen to interesting people from from weird walks of life. And they talked for like five and a half hours, and this is a guy who is adored by millions and millions of people all over the world. He has international reach, I mean, huge. And he's vehemently against this stuff, and the younger generation is vehemently against, a lot of the men especially, are wildly against the rainbow movement. I mean it's sinful in some ways the way it's talked about. I mean, people start almost becoming like identity politics in the opposite direction, which is not good, but nonetheless, I'm, I've seen now it's like this guy, this Andrew Tate fella is, he's, he's Tucker Carlson level big, maybe even bigger internationally. And he can just make, he can get hundreds of millions of views on reels and whatever, basically saying things that sound like Catholic teaching against homosexuality, but with a lot of gusto and swearing in them. and, hmm. It's almost like it used to be make the will and grace people look good, but now it's almost like you're looking cool or almost like a culture hero if you're the opposite. Have you seen something like that?
0: Yeah, I think it's becoming more acceptable to finally. St- I think again, I think the they've really the the movement has really overplayed their hand with pushing the transgender stuff. I think also Matt Walsh did an excellent job with his documentary right. film on the subject to really open people's eyes and and congrats to the um i forget it so he was a man um, he is a biological male but tried transitioned into a, or no he was biologically she was biologically female he tried i get confused <laughs> she was by bi- math is difficult female, transitioned you know as trying to become a man and she admits in the film i will never be a man i forget i forget the person's name but, um, right, waking people up to the fact that they are going after your kids. This is all about money again. This is a huge price tag with every surgery, every it's basically making people lifetime customers of big pharma with lots of complications, et cetera, et cetera. So, congrats to Matt Walsh on the film. I'm glad that he was able to screen it. Um, what was that a couple of weekends ago on Twitter? On he Twitter, public, which obviously would have never happened prior to Elon Musk. So,
1: and how many views? Do you know how many views it got on Twitter?
0: I don't remember the exact count. I know it was a, It was in the millions. It was a. It lot. was
1: almost two hundred million.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's
1: insane! And yes, you know, it is. Um, now I know how views work, as you you guys have a YouTube channel as well. Obviously, that doesn't mean unique viewers, and it doesn't mean they watched it the whole way through. It. Now, I probably clicked right. it three times to just watch a part of it, so I count as three views. But right. we're talking. You, you think people sitting with each other watching it on the laptop, on the phone, with friends, whatever. We're talking hundreds of millions of people at least looked at this thing for a little bit. That's an Overton window shift um, that I don't oh, think yeah. we can understand the significance of culturally. It's huge.
0: Definitely is. It's probably one of the most important documentaries of the decade, I would I would argue, like before the decade yeah. is out. I highly doubt there'll be many more as important as that one.
1: Yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you on that. So the next point was give the protectors of the class a cause. Again, I, I see the almost the opposite now. You know, now um, the social justice warrior is almost starting to look like a meme. Well, not almost. It is. People are almost like, <laughs> even regular people are like, oh my goodness, this woman in HR, this guy in HR, you know, telling me about this or right. that. And they're just kind of rolling their eyes. The, the cause is, is lost on them. Whereas on the other hand. The more you persecute these Matt Walsh types, these Andrew Tate types, these whatever, these these countercultural people, again, you don't have to agree with all their message. The more you persecute these people, the more famous they get and the more of an organic, almost cultist around them develops where they're seen as like a righteous uh, warrior for the right cause. That to me is fascinating as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree. Actually, I I remember tweeting, I think it was was either earlier this year or maybe sometime last year that um, it was in response to a clip from the Matt Walsh show. I don't really watch the podcast. I just, I follow him on Twitter. So occasionally he comes up in my, uh, my timeline, but he had this excellent clip about, you know, we're not, I'm not ever going to stop talking about this. No matter what you do, no matter how much you threaten me and my family, we're going to be safe we're not going to back down you're not going to scare us and i tweeted something i quote tweeted it something like i wish matt walsh would be invited to speak at the next usccb <laughs> meeting because that's what these bishops need to hear they need to grow a spine and start speaking like matt walsh that's what we need
1: it's um that and but that's isn't that's the and the funny thing is that sort of language is the way that the blue haired crowd has always (laughs) talked and it's been so annoying. I will not be silenced. It's like you're, you're literally speaking at a commencement at Harvard. Literally nobody's trying to silence you. (laughs) You It's like, you know, um, you know, I, I will not be persecuted. No kidding. You're getting a medal of honor. Like this is what this is literally happening to you right now. And it's always just been so nauseating because they're saying they're just making up this paradigm that doesn't exist. Whereas Matt Walsh, It's organic, it's like people are giving death threats and trying to bomb his house or whatever, and he's still pushing through, it speaks to people.
0: Hacking his phone, hacking his personal information, all kinds of stuff. And I'm convinced if, if the bishops would address us as true shepherds and as generals of the church militant, the people would respond appropriately. The men in particular would rally to their leaders. They're ready, they just need them to lead.
1: Honestly, um uh, I think it was an old TNT episode. Um that what was that kid's name from Covington, Kentucky?
0: Oh kid, yeah. I I know I um it's right on the tip of my head here. I just can't think of it.
1: He ended up getting a big settlement from CNN or whatever it was. Um they anyway, they went after him for calling him racist or whatever for his for nothing. You know, he was literally Sandman,
0: just Sandman, that's it. Nick Sandman. Sandman Nick know. Sandman.
1: And um, so that's near Cincinnati, not too far in, in, in Kentucky there. And um, I remember on the TNT episode, I think, you know, the, the Tim and Taylor, um, they were basically saying, bishops, like, we're ready to go to bat for the Nick Salmons of the world. You call the crusade and we'll be there tomorrow. That was basically the message. And that's where Catholic men are. I mean, here we are. We both have you and I both have children. Um, we we have relatively cancel proof jobs i mean you know we get to work in this catholic journalism media sphere so sure but there is still the risk of you know individuals in the community or whatever you know um being upset with us i mean those things can happen but we do we do this because we believe in the truth we believe that we want all souls to know christ especially the ones who are vilifying him because christ tells us to love our enemies Clearly, um,
0: we're not doing it to get rich. <laughs> no,
1: we are not doing this to get rich. Yeah, if I wanted to be rich, I'd be a neocon. Um, yeah, you know, I'd go write for the National Review or something. But um, you know, but here we are, and and but the point is, is we don't even have the bishops backing in most cases. You know, right. we our bishop was not at the school board, uh, the diocese he oversees, which is technically under his um, his direction. He wasn't there. There was a couple of priests oh. and parents. It wasn't there. Just wasn't there, and they're just not there. But if the bishops, I mean, bishops, here's a message to you. Listen, even if the government comes and blows up your residence, guess what? You're not going to be homeless. We'll take you in. Like, yeah, yeah. I am. If a bishop, if they if a bishop had the courage to go be martyred. Goodness gracious, we'd support white martyrdom even right. Just get out there and be we would support. Look what's happened to the canceled priests. You know, a priest gets canceled for preaching, you know, some of them, Father Altman gets all the publicity, but there is like a, one, of the, one of the fellows who's part of the, um, one of the priests who's part of the Coalition for Canceled Priests, he wasn't even traditional. He was just praying outside abortion clinics and his, and his bishop, whatever, knocked him down a peg. I mean, we, these men are taken care of. Any priest or bishop who wants to speak out about this, doesn't matter what happens to you. We will support you. And, um, you know, the, the influence of that would change the culture dramatically.
0: Absolutely, it would. It would be one step in you know, restore, restoring some kind of semblance of Christendom where the spiritual uh, and temporal authorities collaborate as they should and work together.
1: Yeah. So the next point is uh, that you mentioned was um, portraying them as victims. Well, again, the opposite's happening now. I mean, especially with Matt Walsh's documentary, you see some of these gender theory people talking about this, and it's like, you are not a victim. You're like a weird postmodernist guru, like hypnotist. Like there's just, you know, like you are if not an outright
0: predator, if not an outright predator.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or a Satanist or whatever. I mean, there's just so much going on there. Whereas now, again, it, Matt Walsh is a legitimate victim, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, again, to bring it back to this Andrew Tate fella. Again, people can take or leave some of the stuff he says. But the the, the persona that people are after is the fact that they put him in jail. And because of what allegedly because of what he says and he, you know, be, they create a martyr and uh, the, the victim thing works both ways. And it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, last one is the talk loud. Yeah. We've all we're all tired. <laughs> we're all very tired of all the loud talking. But now we're starting to finally see the loud talking in the opposite direction. We are going to see this Rosary March, which is going to be real big in L.A. Bishop Strickland will be there. Um, we are now seeing Catholics speaking out about this. We're now seeing massive social media personalities speaking out about this and becoming more and more famous and wealthy as they do so. So I, I see this trend going in the, in the other direction as well. What about you?
0: Yeah, just one thing that comes to mind that we should promote, our, our friend at the Lepanto Institute, Michael Hichborn, has just released a huge, massive – monumental report on i think it's called common spirit health it's the largest catholic health organization or like provider hospital network i forget the correct lingo for it but um, i think in the united states in the entire united states the biggest catholic health care provider in the united states and he's exposing their their horrific transgender policies and uh support for that whole movement including the mutilation and the surgeries and all that kind of stuff. Uh he just published it. Yeah, yeah there it is there. Okay. It's somewhere on his um on his homepage. It's called let me see if I can I had it. Remember the name of the went. report here. So the name here of the report is common common spirit health and the sex change industry. That's right an in, an investigation an investigative report into the largest catholic health system that's the word system in the united states and its performance and funding of transgender surgeries and therapies abortions and its prescribing and provision of contraception so well yeah. done mr hitchborn thank you for doing all that work
1: and it was picked up by epic times
0: epic i was also picked up by the daily wire so we have hope that matt walsh himself might uh, might read it or or be briefed on it. That would be amazing if he t- if he talked about it.
1: Well, we know we know thousands of people. more will read the report because of the publicity? Nonetheless, so um, right. so this is a really good thing, and and this is what I'm saying. You know, again, it's like the COVID thing. You know, there were people who were so down with all of it, and they didn't ask any questions. But the minute that some it's this is the funny thing about people with what they're willing to accept. It's like the analogy of a dam with a crack in it. You know, the dam is up and as long as there's no cracks at all, they don't even think about the water. They're like, whatever. It's there. It's fine. But as soon as there's one crack, then they go. Why is there a crack there? We have to fix the crack. Oh, no. Look at all that water. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to be flooded if we don't do something. It was the same thing with the COVID thing. It was, I don't care, get your vaccine, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, wait, booster? Wait, my my brother-in-law can't go into a restaurant? And he was able to go in like, this is stupid. And then it was like, hey, maybe those people talking about injuries weren't insane. Maybe they weren't wrong about masks. And it was just as soon as you could have one crack... It's like the rest of the damn cracked, And I really think that's what we're seeing. I'm not trying to say there's going to be no fight left. I'm not saying this is the reign of the Immaculate Heart or, you know, the great Catholic monarch is coming tomorrow or something. You know, there's many things that we still have to fight for in the culture. But if I'm being positive, because it is very easy to be negative. If I'm being positive, to be honest, this year's pride season seems to be going a lot more in the favor of truth than any of before that.
0: I think I would do, I would think I would agree with that. I think we've got a lot of prominent voices uh speaking out, not being silenced. Uh, thankfully, we have people like Elon Musk who obviously he's got plenty of his own problems with the whole transhumanism kind of yes. stuff that he's into. The Neuralink is pretty sound. All that stuff sounds pretty disturbing That's from what I've learned about it. Um but for whatever reason, he's a big advocate of free speech and his understanding of it is let people say, you know. Obviously, the traditional Catholic understanding of that is a lot different—that you you have the freedom to speak the truth. Yes, uh, but we're not going to turn him down if he's going to let us, you know, actually speak the truth and not silence us, whereas we were being silenced before. So,
1: yeah, the way I yeah the way I always say it—if uh, you ever read the book "Liberalism Is a Sin," it was a wonderful book. I think I've read it twice, mm-hmm. and he talks about the the philosophical, let's say, the philosophical heresy of liberalism. The author, but he does make the point in there that it's such a mixed bag in liberalism that there are folks who are with. He talks about alliances for reasons of professional or friendship purposes, which right. hopefully would lead to conversion either of the person or of the culture. Right. Um, so, for example, if there's a book publisher, which is like a, like Jordan Peterson's a perfect example. He's a classic liberal, you know, which today makes him far right, but he's really just a, he's just he said this before. And he's Canadian, so I understand where he's coming from in in the political sphere here. He's a classic British liberal. That's what he is, Um, which means he's he's ultimately got philosophical errors. However, he basically applies something like the scientific method to public discourse. So let's just test all the ideas and see which one is the truest. And, And because of that, he is an ally in many ways. And um, if there are things that we can promote that he's doing or we can get on his podcast or something like that, then it performs a great service to people. And that's just where we are.
0: Right. Yeah. We have to work with the circumstances that we're in and and do the best we can.
1: Yeah. And Catholics need to be careful, though, too, because sometimes, you know, you and I being traditional Catholics, I love me my trads, but there can be this mentality that. Well, we know something like integralism or distributism or whatever. We know, you know, corporatism, whatever ism that fits with the encyclicals. This must be our political philosophy. Everything else is compromised. And it's like, don't let the don't let the good be the enemy of, of perfect, or perfect be the enemy of the good. No right, one's right. saying go be a transhumanist like Elon Musk, but they are saying if he lets you do the, I mean, you can do any show on Twitter right now. You know, this episode, I mean, I don't think it'll get striked by YouTube. I've never had a strike, uh, I think. But if it did, I could put it on Twitter, which is much bigger than Rumble, you know. Um, So, I mean, that's a good thing. Okay. Speaking of not good things, though, because we can't (laughs) be too positive. People are going to think, Kennedy, what are you, all white-pilled and you're just all, what do you think? This is a new springtime. How dare you? Um, How about this? this
0: thing we can watch this for a second this is not a parody by the way this is the official vatican news youtube channel
1: just for before we play it like what it's so crazy just the, <laughs> just the modesty aspect like the dance right. part being weird but i mean like you're right, not that's supposed not to a
0: fake background that is this man is in front of saint peter's basilica the basilica over which was built over the bones of the Prince of the apostles himself. That is not a fake background. That is the real deal.
1: Like if people can see my mouse here a little bit like these doors behind him, I haven't been to the Vatican in like 20 years or something, but, or however long it's been and maybe not 20 years, but about that. But you can't go in those doors without a shirt on. You can't go in Trust. those doors with, with a, with a tank top on, let alone without a shirt on. This is anyway, it's just crazy. So anyway, let's just see what this, uh, This performance that was seen by dozens of
0: adoring fans. Let's see how good it was. So the, I was just saying the aerial view of the audience is the best because it shows that probably 80 to 85 percent, if not more, of the seats are empty. It was a total flop, thankfully. So.
1: Yeah, it was. Anyway, so there's that guy uh, doing something strange.
0: And right. So, so this is an, apparently an Italian, well-known Italian dancer named Roberto Bole, uh, B-O-L-L-E. B-O-L-L-E who is an active, open homosexual. He was invited to perform at this event called the World Meeting on Human Fraternity, uh, which was held on June 10th, so over this past weekend. And my question to Pope Francis and the Vatican, whoever organized this ridiculous event, which it was basically like a variety show that went on for almost five hours, terrible. (laughs) It was a
1: woman singing the song from Wizard of Oz or whatever.
0: Yep, yep and oh, all kinds of other stuff they saying we are the world we are the children like from the 1985 live aid show <laughs> with michael jackson and stevie wonder and stuff but my my question to the people who organized this is how is this not a vatican sponsored promotion of sodomy and gender ideology you there's no way that the the organizers could have been ignorant of who this man is and what he stands for
1: I mean, of course, but also, how is it not a Vatican-sponsored event of just really cringe, bad art?
0: <laughs> like, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I,
1: it's just like I think about—I'm just—let's just brainstorm here for a second, Matt. Like, we work for the Vatican, okay? We're not cardinals. We're lay people, And we're in a meeting, and we're like, okay, how are we going to promote this Freemason religion? Come on, guys. Come on. Let's, let's make everybody Freemasons. I know— We'll have an old lady (laughs) sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. We'll have a Mm -hmm. choir or a recording, whatever it was, sing the song that they sang about AIDS in 1985 (laughs) with people holding hands and walking around an empty empty square. (laughs) And then we'll hire a guy to do interpretive dance with no shirt on and for sure, people will just they'll flood to the church after this. What like,
0: benefit was that for? By the way, I, I cringe to think about that.
1: <laughs> well, this is what I'm uh, saying is like it's not even a good event,
0: right? Like I if, know, if you're going to do know.
1: something secular, why don't you do it good? <laughs> like right. I would almost, right. I would almost, I could almost have like. If you're going to do something so ridiculous, bring in a good DJ or something. Like, what do you, if you want to, this is, this just shows you, this is the same thing. People say the Vatican II get with the times. No, the Vatican II was not about getting with the time, the, the, you know, the, the, the new liturgy and stuff, the spirit of Vatican II, all that sort of stuff. It was about crystallizing the sixties. You know, I, I think, uh, I can't remember which book I write it in. It's a line that I use often though, but you know, they wanted us to sing along with Peter, Paul and Mary, and I don't mean the biblical ones. You know um the the it's the, like the the fact that they had people singing "We are the children" shows that they don't even know how old they are <laughs> that was three years before I was born, right that's almost that's 38 years ago. I don't even, I've got, you know, soon to be six children. I'm a father, I'm a cat. I don't even know what this song is. And they're they're playing this stuff as a way of bringing young people into the church, some of whom are young enough to be my children, and I'm not even old enough to have heard it. It's, it's right. mind boggling how out of touch they are.
0: It it really is, it really is. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, it's fun to, as our friend uh, Chris Ferrar- Chris Ferrara often says, all you can do with this kind of stuff is mock it. I mean, that's that's all it deserves is is mockery because that's they're they're making a mockery of our Lord, of the Church, of everything that our faith stands for, and the proof is in the pudding, as they say. As the, you know, there was hardly anybody who attended this event. Um, it's just pathetic and I'm glad that it wasn't well attended because it shouldn't be well attended it's it's horrible it's more proof that you know young people are looking for substance not for this ridiculous uh, degenerate fluff that they're trying to shove down our throats
1: well let's just look at this like there you can see a lot of the audience there the nobody there you know there's literally Rome is a city when I lived in Italy when I was a grade seven, eight, we we moved to my mom's, my mom's an immigrant and we moved to her old village that she grew up in. Not close to Rome. I mean, in Italy, I mean, here in Canada, you drive two hours and that we, we joke that's down the road. Like I live in a, you know, my, our, our, best friends are half an hour there, 45 minutes there an hour and a half there. I live out in the country in southwestern Ontario. That's close by, but in Italy, you know, there's an expression in Canada, 200 years is a long time in Italy. 200 kilometers is a long distance, you know? Um, and, um, But Rome was about four hours away, which is real far for Italy anyway. So I only went there a few times. You know, it's just you don't you don't travel that far there. It's just you don't need to. But the point is, at that time, Rome, I think one of our uh, my mom's friends who was a Roman citizen and like a a Roman uh, resident. And this was uh, the year before we moved there. um, The Roman uh, soccer team, like the actual city team, had won the Serie A. The, the 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 big soccer championship for the first time in a long time, and he said, mm-hmm. he, "I remember him saying Rome is a city of three million people, and one million people were at the celebration. He was like wow. a third of the city of Rome. So, I mean, I would imagine the city's bigger now. This was this was in two thousand and one, two thousand two. This is twenty years ago. Let's just say Rome has four million people. Four million people. You are the Vatican. Mm-hmm. You literally have unlimited resources." And you can't, I don't know, I guess I'm beating a dead horse here, but just to think about how much of a fail this was. They couldn't even put like a sandwich board outside saying, <laughs> come in for free performance and we'll give you tea and cookies. Right. And come watch some people sing some songs like that. It just anyway, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah. If you uh, if you watch the um, the video on the Vatican News YouTube channel, you see aerial views and. In- i'm looking at it right now and it just you know the left they have the square kind of divided into two halves the right half is literally almost completely empty there's some people like you know little dots in the in the square but that square is massive you can you can fit a lot of people in there there probably wasn't even there may have been like 500 to a thousand people at most that's a generous estimate a very generous estimate
1: yeah, there's more people at like an SSPX chapel on the weekend than there was at. Uh, <laughs> put that in perspective. Um, okay, so what? So before we we have a few minutes left here. I mean, before. Um, so the, you were telling me uh, we were texting earlier that you think there's some links to the synodal way, the synodal path, the synod on synodality, synod. Uh, what do you? What's what's that uh, line of thinking you have there?
0: So I think the push the LGBT movement. um, i think it's getting a lot of pushback in civil society more so than it is in the church uh, the church i think is a little bit behind society at large and pushing back that's kind of my that's my sense anyway um so just as the the lgbtq whatever movement has overplayed their hand kind of in in civil society, I think that we're going to see a, the same thing repeat itself within the church. And I think that bomb is about to explode or everything's going to come to a head in that regard at this Synod on Synodality meeting in October. Because for, what, almost two years now, we've been hearing about the Synod on Synodality, which is all of this consultation of the faithful, of the people of God, it's yada, 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 like all of the online surveys and parish listening sessions or whatever but the actual synod a synod is a meeting of bishops yes it's not it's not a consultation of the people of god or the or of humanity at large that's not a synod a synod is a meeting of bishops under the headship of the bishop of rome and that meeting is going to take place this coming october the first of two francis has said there's going to be a second such meeting in october of 2024 whether or not he will be around by then, only God knows his health is certainly not getting better. If anything, it's, it's getting worse more quickly.
1: Yeah. He's having surgeries but, all the time now.
0: Yeah. And he's had a significant portion of his colon removed for mm-hmm. a couple, going on a couple of years now. So that's, and he's having, as a result of that, like the scar tissue is recreating mm-hmm. bowel obstructions. I mean, that's not, he doesn't have a lot longer left. Like we're talking about maybe a couple years at the most, yeah. I think. So who knows if he'll be around for that? But I think October of this year, it's this whole situation with the LGBT stuff in the church is going to blow up, and hopefully people are ready to stand up, including bishops, including cardinals, and say enough is enough. Sodomy is a sin. We're not going to take it anymore. We're not as that old. Speaking of the, the 80s, song, that song. We're not gonna take yeah, it. Yeah,
1: use that song at the next. Uh... <laughs>
0: Uh, at least it has
1: some sort of theological meaning to it, you know? Um, so
0: and the, the evidence for all of this is in the synodal, the official synodal documents, you know, you had the, hmm. um, the United States. So all of this, these consultations ultimately worked their way up to diocesan chanceries. And then mm-hmm. the chanceries had to send them to the USCCB or whatever bishops conference, wherever you are in the world. And each bishops conference had to, uh, generate a summary of what was collected, and virtually across the board, whether it was organic, whether people were actually saying this, or whether they just put it in there because they want it in there, I don't know. But pretty much across the board, but especially in the Western world, LGBTQ stuff is very prominent. I'll just give you a very small sample from, um, let's see, this document is the working document for the continental stage. So when they were doing all the the continental meetings of various uh, bishops' conferences, it was the template for those meetings. I wrote an article about this for Catholic Family News at the beginning of this year. It's available at catholicfamilynews.com. What's the title of that? I'll pull it up on the screen here. It's called Continuous Aggiornamento, Synod Seeks to Preserve Precious Legacy of Vatican II. So that was the main theme of the article was showing the connections between all of this synodality and what was started at Vatican two, but kind of getting into the weeds of it, there's a section in my article called Church Must Become More Welcoming. And I say in the in the article, recalling the document's central theme, enlarge the space of your tent, which is a verse from the book of Isaiah. The text, meaning the working document, also says the church must become, quote, a more welcoming space for all, including those whose, quote, loving relationships objectively uh, violate divine and natural law. Here is a quote from the document. The reports, meaning these consultations and all of those from the various dioceses, clearly show that many communities have already understood synodality as an invitation to listen to those who feel exiled from the church among those who ask for a more meaningful dialogue and a more welcoming space we also find those who for various reasons feel a tension between belonging to the church and their own loving relationships such as then they give a list remarried, remarried Single parents, people living in a polygamous marriage, that's a new one, uh, and LGBTQ people. Many summaries, the document states elsewhere, also give voice to the pain of not being able to access the sacraments uh, experienced by remarried and divorced uh, divorcees and those who have entered into polygamous marriages. I think the same applies for those living unchastely with someone of the same sex as them. So they are really pushing hard. the the U.S., uh, I think, synthesis is what it's called, is even more direct and explicit in regard to the LGBTQ stuff. So I think it, all of that is going to blow up at the October meeting. So it'll be interesting to follow that.
1: Yeah, even right there where it says uh, "loving relationships." Well, by the Catholic definition, love essentially means willing the good of the other. Right. Um, so th- there is no such thing as a loving relationship where. Uh, in the technical killing sense, each
0: other's souls. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we and saw this
0: leave in their bodies, really, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we saw this with the um, the synod on the family. I think it was Father Rosica, um, hmm. who I know, actually, I've met him. And he's uh, he was speaking in my diocese and at my school board and stuff. I mean, it's very close, very close connections. And and um yeah. And I had wrote an article about uh, them, them trying to resurrect him in the Jesuits here in Canada. Even he's a bazillion. That doesn't mean he's a lot. I mean, it's not bazillion like the number, St. Basil, bazillion. And, um, but uh, they they were trying to resurrect him, and we wrote an article reminding everyone he was a plagiarist. They actually canceled his event, thankfully. But um, in any case, um, he was at the Synod on the Family, and... Um, uh. Someone asked a question about sort of LGBT relationships and his response was something like, are you telling me you can't find something good, something human in those relationships? One of those questions that if you're good at rhetoric, it kind of stops the person because you're thinking to yourself and you're not expecting that from a Catholic prelate. But it's also it's equivocal. It's a false equivocation. It's like, you know, someone who is divorced and remarried. Let's just take that and take it out of the LGBT realm. Someone who's just divorced and remarried. That's objectively against church's teachings. That person also really likes to, you know, go and do gardening with their live in boyfriend. It's like, well, that's good, I guess, but that has nothing to do with the relationship, you know? Or, you know, they help to, you know, save abused puppies. Okay, don't abuse your puppies. i I like dogs. I've got a I've got a nice dog outside. Now he's he's a good friend of mine. Don't abuse him. But like that doesn't validate the relationship. Or, you know, mm-hmm. they have some sort of companionship. Great. I mean People in in gangs have companionship. People in the mafia have companionship. They're willing to die for each other. It doesn't validate the mafia, okay? Correct. Um, It just shows the deep theological disorder that's so deep. So what do you think, though? I mean, if you're thinking it's going to come to a head, if you had to play, you know, please, people, don't accuse us of of trying to summon the occult here. I'm using the term equivocally. If you had a crystal ball, what would you uh, predict about – about the fall meeting what do you think
0: well if it's if it's anything like you know the indications we've been given by leaders of the synod like uh, cardinal jean-claude Hollerich, for example who is the general relator for the synod and the general relator is essentially the liaison between the office of the synod of bishops in the vatican and the bishops who come to rome and are participating in the meeting he's the go-between so to speak and he reports on behalf of the assembled bishops what they're discussing he gives a report to the office of the synod of bishops and the synod of bishops directs him you know the okay we need to take it in this direction or whatever he coordinates all that and he's you know there was video footage captured i think last summer it was of him telling he was doing a a tour in the united states pretty sure that was last summer and he was somewhere i think he was actually in the archdiocese of chicago coincidence yeah <laughs> blaze supich's territory and he was telling some guy and it captured it on film i know lifeside covered it i we covered it on our show i forget his exact wording but essentially he was affirming you know he we he refused to categorically condemn homosexual behavior number 1 and number mm. 2 he said i am in complete agreement with pope francis implying pope francis is in complete agreement with me
1: with him yeah
0: yeah so i think yeah it's definitely going to come to a head at the synod in some way and it's going to take some real courage just like um i know cardinal burke and some other prelates tried to they wrote a book length um i forget what they called it remaining in the truth of christ or something like that they tried to circulate it among the bishops who were there somehow I think it was Cardinal Baldessari at the time who was the, um, the head of the Synod of Bishops kind of put the kibosh on that and you know, railroaded that effort. So they, they need to be organized. They need to be organizing now. How are we going to fight this? Because it's going to happen. Guaranteed, it's going to happen. They need to be organizing themselves now.
1: It's the same thing that happened at the Second Vatican Council um, when you read, and they've uncrowned him by Archbishop okay. Lefebvre. And I think he called it the 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 Robber Baron Council or the Robber Council or something. Um, It's one of the chapters. And he explains the onslaught of leftist modernist propaganda, which was concerted. It was it was it was planned. It was strategic. They didn't have the Internet and things like that, but it was pamphlets. I mean, and, you know, they'd had so-and-so who's a cardinal was in charge of a, a dicastery or whatever. And he had access to a to a printer, so he used those highly resources. Highly
0: coordinated, highly coordinated. And that's yeah. what the, that's what those who actually care about divine and natural law, who knows how many of those there are these days. But those that do care need to start getting organized because it is going, to, they're going to push this agenda at that Senate. I guarantee it. 100%.
1: You know, I was, I was talking to Father Murray the other day, and he's obviously got some great stories. His life, if, if everyone doesn't know, if, if people don't know who he is, He's got quite an interesting perspective, given his proximity to the sort of inner workings of Rome from early in his priesthood and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, he said there are, he said he said there's a huge portion of the bishops. He says he, he thinks it's the majority. They're just petrified. They're petrified of of the, t- the sort of tyranny, the way that things are governed, the lavender mafia and so forth. And often what they do is they put these, generally speaking, conservative bishops into the they put these priests as bishops. Because they're actually less effective that way. When they're priests, they sort of go around converting souls and things. And when Mm -hmm. they put them in bishops, they force them to be an administrator with the sword of Damocles over top, um, which actually in a way is almost it's a very Machiavellian way of of doing things. Mm. Um, But I would say, you know, no, you're not going to win the heart of the Catholic people, generally speaking right now, over liturgy or this thing or that thing. It's just not something that people understand enough about. They're not, there are more general, generally speaking, there are more conservative Catholics than there are traditional Catholics in the sense of those who go to church. Although it is, the gap is narrowing, but this is an issue that is a win-win for, I mean, if you're a mass going Catholic and you believe in the real presence, you account for those like, they're like 50% of the people that are in the pews out of that 15% that go to mass, whatever it is. Mm. If you are one of those, you are not with the rainbow agenda. Doesn't matter if you're trad, doesn't matter if you're conservative, Nova Sordo or whatever, or Byzantine or Anglican ordinary. if you're one of those and you, and if you're a Bishop and you want to have the Catholic support on your side, you will have it. If you speak out against this, the actual, listen, the Catholics that don't go to mass, their souls matter. But for the life of the church, they literally don't matter. Meaning they don't actually go. They don't actually contribute. They don't do anything. Right. The people in the pews who believe in the Real Presence and who go to Mass, which represent about half of Mass attending Catholics, they are 100% on your side. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. This will be an interesting synod to see because this is an issue that crosses liturgical lines. It crosses cultural lines. You know, this, 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 this is a this right. is a Rubicon. we're in the cross. area
0: of natural law. This isn't That's even right. Catholic teaching per se. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is simply natural law.
1: Well, this is something... Even if you're a, you might not even believe in the real presence because you're not a catechized Catholic, but you're, but you're sane. You know, I mean, you you, you might be an Episcopalian. this is an
0: issue that's important even to non-Christians, frankly, if you're a, a devout whatever, devout Jew, devout Muslim, devout whatever.
1: Yeah. Although I don't think you can be an Episcopalian and believe in the natural law. I think that's against their religion now. (laughs)
0: i bet tucker carlson would surely agree with you he roasted the episcopal religion at that uh what was it heritage foundation lecture that he gave
1: what did he keep saying he's like i'm not he's like i'm episcopalian it's not even a real religion (laughs) (laughs) i'm literally an episcopalian i have no right to an opinion you know um was funny okay matt this has been wonderful why don't you tell us what's going on at catholic family news
0: sure well at present we're just uh assembling the, what I guess, July newspaper. Hard to keep up, the months seem to fly by. Uh, right now on our on the screen, you can see our website displayed. We have a, an article on the Feast of Corpus Christi that I posted the other day uh, for that feast and got an exciting uh, new statement coming out that we'll be publishing pretty soon uh, from mm. Archbishop Vigano. I'll keep you posted about that. Gentlemen, it's no. going be, to be very good. Um, And then we, as you can see, a lot of the posts on the the website are our our weekly news roundup, uh, which we usually broadcast on Thursdays around 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That article that you see on the screen now, The Idolatry of Identity, is an excellent article by one of our contributors, John Monaco, so highly recommend that one for, for the month of June in particular. Uh, there, you can also see my exclusive report on my, the responses I got from the Archdiocese of Kansas City regarding the SSPX, which I was very pleasantly surprised how they responded to those yep. questions. Um, so, yeah, we we have the we have the monthly publication, uh, Catholic Family News, which is basically a magazine and newspaper form. If you yeah, you click on the new subscription. Make sure you tab go and,
1: and subscribe, see, people.
0: Please do cuz our numbers are actually pretty low right now. We had a lot of issues during COVID cuz we actually the the physical paper is printed in Canada. Yeah. And we had a lot of trouble getting the papers across the border during the COVID situation, so our delivery was terrible and I apologize for that. It's just we had no it was, control. There was over nothing the post- you could do about it. Had no control over the post office situation. But So I this is yearly? That-
1: this is a yearly subscription?
0: That's correct, yes.
1: Okay, people forty seven if you're in Canada, forty seven bucks, forty two bucks if you're in the US. Goodness gracious, don't buy three Starbucks drinks and get Catholic Family News. And you'll, you know. Please. Actually maybe do patronize Starbucks after they get rid of the Pride Decorations. But my point is is forty seven dollars, that's like half your cell phone bill. You can get a subscription to CFN.
0: Yes, and the nice thing, you get a physical paper. I for one like to have a physical book. For example, Mm -hmm. I have a copy of Kennedy's
1: book. <laughs> good. thank you
0: yes you're welcome i just like i like to hold a book in my hands me too uh, e- e-reading is fine you know it's nice to good for research to i it. do it for research but i don't
1: want to sit down with any book
0: there's no substitute for a physical book in my opinion and the same thing is true for a magazine or a periodical it's just it's just different to have the physical thing in your hand. But if for whatever reason you're not interested in that that's fine we still have you covered we have an e-edition of the full newspaper which is typically 28 here I'll get a I, think, I think it said 32. Example.
1: I think it said 32.
0: We it used to be 32 years ago but we we uh reduced it to 28. A couple few years back that we we need to update that apparently, but this is what it looks like to kind of give you an idea of the size and shape. So full, you know, periodical sized pages, 28 full pages of that. Um, We have the full newspaper in e-edition format for only $32 for the entire year. And that's regardless of where you live in the world, because obviously there's no shipping involved. Yep. for the e-edition, but everyone who subscribes to the physical newspaper automatically gains access to the e-edition as well. Okay. So and you, you can, both
1: options, if you don't like computers, which you're listening, maybe, maybe you're a person who doesn't like computers and your son is helping you listen to this podcast. So you, you don't actually know how to do it. If you don't know how to do that, you can get your son to give you this address and you can literally just send the form and the money. To mm-hmm. a physical address and get it that way. So there's no there's no reason you got to be techie. You don't have to you don't have to put in any credit card information. You can just get it the old fashioned way.
0: That's correct. You can also call our toll free number that's on the screen one 8522 and you can right even send me an email It's uh, cfnmpg. So P is in Paul. Cfnmp is in Paul G, at uh, G. Yeah, at gmail.com. Sorry.
1: That's all right. And you can find Matt on Twitter and so forth. He's there. And yes. if anyone, um, for anyone watching this show, if you want to, if you missed any of that or you don't know what to do, you can click the link in the description uh, of this show where you can contact me. We have an email sign up. And if you ask me questions about Catholic Family News, I'll set you, I'll hook you up with uh, the links and stuff and the contact for Matt and, and uh, CFN. So a hundred different ways to sign up. You should sign up. Um, it's good stuff. And, uh, the nice thing about these things, like I've got a ton of, oh, a friend of mine from church. He gave me like 70 magazines, uh, the Angeles press magazine, but we also yeah. have one in Canada called convictions. It was out of print for a bit and now it's back. It's just wonderful. I've got all these old magazines, just got them in this, you know, those old, like, um, what do you used to call them? They were like, uh, basically the magazine things you put in your living room and you have them beside the couch. Oh,
0: well, a magazine rack. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was like you could pick it up and bring it to another room. It was almost like a little suitcase yeah. with magazines. We have yeah, yeah. one of those, and it's nice because I can just leave those out. My kids, I mean, my 7-year-old doesn't read well enough for one of those, but it's just there. And it's like I don't have to worry about it. They can pick it up, and I don't have to put them on a computer, and they can just have information that's helpful. So I would recommend it
0: and something else that we offer for folks who might be interested uh, I know we used to do a lot of this in the past I'd like to get back into doing more of it so if you you know are at a, an SSPX chapel or a priestly fraternity parish or diocesan TLM whatever we offer you know you can purchase like a pack of 10 5 or 10 newspapers to leave out or to distribute amongst your your parishioners your friends at church so if you call the office or send me an email to inquire about that, I can help you do that as well. It's a nice way of ev- helping to be a partner of ours in spreading spreading Catholic family news, kind of being a part of the apostolate, an ambassador for CFN, as I would say.
1: Well, good. And I would even say extend that, you know, if you do a men's group or anything, like anything where you've got Catholics who get together frequently, um, you know, if you've got a holy name society or something, Sign up, call Matt, figure it out. You'll get your, you know, your, your group rate, whatever it is, whatever you do. And that way you can have something. So, okay, good. Everyone sign up for Catholic Family News. After you've done that, click the link in the description if you want a copy of my book and our beard products. Okay. Um, Matt, this has been a pleasure. And um, come back anytime. I can't believe this is the first time I've had you on my show. It's been a, this thing started as a, a little hobby and now it's kind of growing. So now I'm kind of, having to think. Usually I just kind of five minutes before I record, I have an idea and I just get on my camera for 20 minutes and air it sometime in the day, but now it's becoming more something more regular. So we'll have you on again. I appreciate that.
0: Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think in the comments. If you have anything bad to say, you can email Matt and just leave me out of it. And um, (laughs) this has been the Kennedy Report until next time. God bless.